Hi, I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for listening to this podcast. There are many more podcasts available at MyFaithRadio.com. Your support makes this possible. Thank you. Welcome to Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold, and we're so excited about Forgiveness Day tomorrow. We are going to talk about it all day, but we're so excited that I've got a little bit of uh, pre-Forgiveness Day for you uh, starting tonight with my guest, Todd Mulligan, who's in studio for the full hour. Todd is a uh, licensed counselor. He's an author, and he's a speaker on marriage and families. And uh, some of the problems that Todd helps others with include marital and relational problems, mood disorders, anxiety, panic, feelings of stress, personality disorders, codependency. He covers a lot of them, does it well, and I'm always glad when he's on. Todd, welcome. Thank you so much, Bill. Yeah, so tomorrow is Forgiveness Day, and we've been preparing for this for a month, and I thought, uh, let's get the let's get it started. Mm. Let's talk a little bit how you move from feeling resentment to get to the place where you're forgiving. I'll hang up and listen. (laughs) You've got 52 minutes. (laughs) I shouldn't do this to you, but yeah. (laughs) It's all good. Yeah. So I think in most situations I've dealt with in my office and in my own life, I think uh, we all can think of a part, a time in our own life where it's really been hard to forgive somebody. And what I've noticed over the years of working with folks and in my own story, it's that usually it's harder to get the capacity to forgive because what's the loudest emotion for us or feeling or thought is a sense of resentment that's been building slowly against that particular individual, you know, that we care for. You know, it's uh, it's not a one-off, typically a one-time situation but it's usually a pattern of issues or behaviors that have wore us down and we're enduring that and we're not addressing that and we're slowly losing steam and just losing hope and maybe from a place of self-protection, just you know, slowly unintentionally building uh, more of a capacity to build resentment than a capacity to forgive. Mm. Is part of the recipe that the hurt wasn't addressed soon enough? Or there just never has been a good understanding of what happened. Well, I think both are really true. Yeah. Especially if it's a younger hurt when you were younger in in your life and you didn't have the language Mm. to discuss it or you didn't have a place to go talk about it. So you started to develop uh, defensiveness and resentment and all of a sudden, boy, you got a bank that's got a pretty full resentment account. Full. Yeah. Yeah. And it's gaining interest every day Uh, without meaning to. Right. Yeah. So it's difficult and, you know, I'm not wanting to go into problem solving at this moment, but boy, a sentence I find myself saying a lot of, I'd love to see how it lands for you, Bill, is um, uh, it seems like we end up being too defined by what somebody has done to us versus being more defined by what God has done for us. So I don't mean to make that like a a this or that, but I think even sometimes in therapeutic circles, I'm continuing to talk about the worst thing that's happened to that person 
and then continuing to kind of flesh that out and give you know get some meat on the bone with that so that the person is protecting themselves from further hurt, which makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. And being very careful not let that life, that precious life, be defined by that other individual that did something to me or that's continuing to do, you know, little things of overreacting every day or little things of avoiding things and just making sure that I'm not giving too much power to that type of pain, which doesn't mean I'm ignoring the pain or uh, denying it. I'm going to the Lord with it. I'm talking to the person about it, but I'm also not banking it. And I'm also not letting it gain traction because then forgiveness is really hard to get to. So I find myself saying that. How does that land for you when I say that? Uh, I'm I'm with you. I'm following it. Uh, I'm also thinking about a passage in Ephesians four thirty two that says, "Be mm. kind and tender hearted toward one another." And usually, if there's someone where forgiveness is involved, I will ask myself that question: Am I kind and tender hearted toward that person? Because if I'm not that, I got problems right from the get go. From the get go, yeah, yeah, yeah. right. So, Go ahead. No, that's a place that I usually I, I usually start and say, uh, just do a quick self diagnosis. Am I feeling kind and tender hearted towards that person? And mm-hmm. if my answer is no, uh, then I got problems. Something's blocking. And then know. I have this ability, maybe all of us do, to kind of rehearse in your brain how you think it's going to go or what you would like to see transpire mm-hmm. in this forgiveness episode and so seldom does it ever turn out that way <laughs> yeah it's usually yeah. not it's like i'm gonna say i'm sorry mm. and it's gonna be received beautifully and they're gonna validate my apology and there's gonna be this feeling of love and warmth and reconciliation and yeah didn't work that way then what well then it's like I'm wanting do, to go I'm to never m- doing this again right or it's like going to a movie you have high expectations for when you leave going oh it didn't go well right and <laughs> yeah. now you're really like discouraged and Hey, Lord, was that the right thing to do? Or was I really relying on you with that? Or how come it didn't go well? And some of the language you and I have talked about with codependency is really, and again, part of that codependency gains traction, movement, bank accounts when we're really defined by how it goes versus being defined by what our intentions are. (laughs) And God knows our heart and knows our heart going into that situation where we really were doing our best to be vulnerable and open up. And then I would say, and I'll go a step further, in most cases, I would still want to acknowledge that I did something that was Christ-like and powerful and the healthy and most Christ-like thing to do. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean I did the wrong thing because it wasn't received well. So that's where we learn, like, forgiveness isn't um, an occasional act. It's really uh, more of a permanent attitude. And so I find that attitudinally is what really, that's where it really needs to drive the bus. So after that great first take you had there, I would still offer like, golly, you you know, you did Ephesians 4 really well. Yeah. You know, you did. But you're so right. I think we end up kind of questioning a little bit there and then maybe holding that against the other person for not receiving it. Yeah. Probably been a while since you've been to a good county fair. County fair, correct. Yes. But let's say you go to a county fair and you go and have a caricature artist draw you. Of course, that's always nerve-wracking because <laughs> their job is to pick a feature and kind of blow it out of proportion. For me, it'd be my nose. 
No, I'm, I'm getting I'm getting to a point here. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but if that if you've been injured by somebody, mm. you all you see is that mm. thing that's been blown out of proportion. Yeah. That's what you see first. You do is that hurt and that pain and that disappointment and and the heartbreak and uh, the more that becomes exaggerated in your mind, the more difficult it's going to be to get to this point of forgiveness and reconciliation. Wow. So there's something to take to prayer. So well said. Oh, thanks. Yeah. And get lucky once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> you are wise, sir. Mm-hmm. So what comes along with that attitude, though, is saying, like, I am going in with a posture of empathy, which means I'm powerful in Christ enough to see through that person's story. I like that. Because we see their story. Empathy Bill. in Christ. Yeah. That's it's, beautiful. And when I have a couple or a family or an individual really get into that, whoop, they gain traction in their awareness that God is for them. They stop giving power to what was done to them. Mm. They stop giving power to the certain aspect of the caricature, and they have more power into what they're for. Which includes, which we'll get to, you know, in the next segment, like, well, which includes like setting good boundaries, acknowledging we were hurt, and, you know, staying in the process, maybe having a season of separation, but it's really unsafe. So we're not talking about la-la land here, but we're talking about leaning in with our faith versus pulling back and avoiding. Um, so we're going to continue to be for that. But boy, I find what's easier to do is to not do that. It's easier to keep score and to protect self to the place of giving a lot of power to that other person who most of the time is intentionally just in their own pain without knowing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I'm still stuck on empathy in Christ. That's a great three words together at once. You, know, you talk about the need to be have empathy. Okay, that's great. But if it's my empathy... That could wear thin quick. Quick, yeah. But if I have the empathy in Christ, then I should have a way longer fuse and a much different lens to look through. Well, it gives us that lens of understanding and seeing people yeah. the way God sees us. It allows us to do Colossians 3.13, right, with the, the rules of holy living. and 3.13 says, you know, forgiving, one another, forgiving others as Christ has forgiven us. So it gives us more of the chance to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's how we want to really kind of set the table. Todd Mulliken's my guest. And Todd, what's ahead on the next segment? Give a little preview. Yeah, the preview would be is how do we start moving into this process of letting go of the resentment? What does that look like? What are some steps we can take? And then we'll move into the actual acts and process of forgiveness. I love that. I'm making you do my job. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is working out good. I'll fill in for you someday. Oh, that wouldn't go well. I, I don't know. <laughs> Todd Mulliken's my guest. You can go to Todd Mulliken, M-U-L-L-I-K-E-N.com. Learn more about Todd. Be right back. Welcome to the show. Todd Mulliken's my guest. We are um, getting ready for Forgiveness Day, which is tomorrow. And I'm looking forward to that. And this is sort of a 
kickoff to Forgiveness Day, and we're discussing with Todd, who is a, a counselor and an author, and how to go from the feelings of resentment to forgiveness. And Todd, we're going to start talking about some ways to do that. Yeah. Where do we start? Most of the time, in most situations I've dealt with, when somebody is really struggling to forgive a spouse or a friend, it's usually over a fact, over because they've been hurt by that person in some way. And the hurt could be as little as a misunderstanding. It could be as tensional as a betrayal, right? It, it could be... You know, anywhere, think from, if you will, really mild or really, really severe. Mm -hmm. And so what happens to most of us in that situation is we start developing a hurt mindset then towards that person. And the hurt mindset, my experience has been, is we start to protect self. We start to not trust the intentions of the other person. And we start to kind of take it all on ourselves. Or if we're trying to, you know, go to the Lord with it, sometimes I've noticed even in my own life, I'm going to the Lord with it, but am I really going to the Lord with it with my sense of releasing the person from, or am I more going to, to Jesus with just kind of sharing my pain and my frustration with this person? And the second part is just fine to do. Mm -hmm. You know, letting the Holy Spirit advocate for us, comfort us in our hurt acknowledge how hard that is and it's one i think the, one of the most powerful roles the holy spirit has for us so we are all over coming towards the holy spirit with that but ideally then i am then moving slowly because of that contentment and comfort that i'm receiving and knowing i always have identity in i'm then moving that towards what i would call more of a forgiveness mindset towards that person, towards anybody else. And the forgiveness mindset is acknowledging the hurt I experienced. Let them in like you did to that one person. And then releasing them from what they did. Okay. And what, what's more typical to do is I won't release them until they acknowledge. I won't really let go unless I know it really went well. Expand on that just a little, because I think I followed all of that, but maybe not. Okay, so the idea would be is let's say we have, I think you brought up a perfect example, and that's very common, where we go to somebody and share the hurt. And usually what happens when the person's on the receiving end of that is like, now they're, unless they kind of know what's coming and they're in a, really a wise mind state in the Lord and they acknowledge stuff, more often than not, they're going to get defensive and look and you know, and go kind of back and forth mm -hmm. and not really receive it well. So all I'm saying there is after that conversation, if I am in your shoes, I'm more apt to leave that not really forgiving the person because it didn't go well or they didn't acknowledge the hurt that I experienced. Mm -hmm. So what I'm asking people to do is still release the person from what they've done, set boundaries, because the alternative will be resentment building. And so what most people don't do is they don't do that because they think if I forgive them from what they did, that's going to give them permission to do what they did again. And I'm going to say, I'm starting to understand why they're doing this pattern to me. And I'm setting good boundaries. I'm acknowledging the hurt and I'm setting really significant boundaries. But I'm starting to understand the pattern of their behavior and I'm releasing them from that. 
And I think what we tend to do is not do that part. Okay, we only do that part if it goes well, if a candle is lit, where we're all doing all fine mm-hmm. and we're all set. So I think that's one of the dilemmas I found. And then what happens there, now I'm on my heels, now I'm continuing to give power to that person's uh, narcissistic edges, their dysregulation of some issue, their trauma from their past that they're bringing on to me. And I don't want to do that anymore. Mm -hmm. And we don't have to. But sometimes people just continue to take it on versus, hey, I understand that behavior. I'm not okay with it. And here's what I need from you. And we're not figuring it out. But I'm also intentionally releasing them from it so I can be released, mm-hmm. you know, so I can move forward, so I can not continue to give power to that other person's issue over my life. Yeah. And then I find people stay stuck in that. I'm not at all judging anybody that does that. I just think that's a common condition. And so what I'm saying where the empathy in Christ comes in is I've seen a lot of situations now that I've been working with where they receive empathy from the Lord going like, yeah, you know, okay, God, give me the power to walk alongside this person, which is what I mean really by empathy. I'm walking alongside that person. I kind of actually, you know, now that I think about it, I understand that person's story. I understand why they tend to bully, mm-hmm. you know, I, and actually I, I kind of get it. You know what? Yeah, Lord, thank you for, you know, helping me see through that person, <laughs> for why they struggle with the issues they do have, that I have, different ones. And so I think what tends to happen is people don't take that next step, and that really makes forgiveness really hard. So the forgiveness mindset is very, in my mind, very powerful, strong, uh, assertive in Jesus, where we're setting good boundaries, we're acknowledging the issues that are going on. We're not in denial. We're not going into our, into our passive pleaser turtle mode mm-hmm. and then just kind of only going to prayer as a sideshow versus a prayer of integrating that into the mess in Jesus and get really into the mess when we have to mm-hmm. and knowing that we're going to be okay in the mess. We're going to be all right. But I think what happens is that person's statement towards us or them not seeing us, they would, you know, I mean, sometimes like people that lack empathy or whatever, and we can maybe talk about that at some point, they, they can't even see outside of, of their own room full of mirrors. Mm. And then we end up being defined by what they can't do for us at that moment. And we take that on. Wow. And I, I would invite us not to take it on is all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. I would invite us not to give, let that have power over us. Cause I think then we, then I think it's a slippery road to get to the point where we end up having the capacity to forgive while we're setting good boundaries and knowing that, you know, God's got us in this and holding us in that. Todd Mullican is my guest. Uh, Todd, when we talk about boundaries, I would love to talk about the rules of good engagement. So here's what I think I mean by that. What are some some coaching you can give us if you came to me and you were sharing with me how I hurt you and I decided to listen to your to everything you were going to say in its entirety without interrupting. And when you got done, I said, Todd, thank you for sharing that. That probably took courage, didn't it? That would be an amazing volley. Oh, oh, I would think so. I mean, are there some rules that, that we could have in the back of our heads if somebody comes to you with hurt? Instead of feeling defensive and your blood pressure going up and you're quick to interject and to try to 
get a leg up on the, the discussion is just to sit and listen to the, the whole thing in its entirety and go, thank you. That, that, must, that must have taken courage to share with me. And in my, that's such a great call and such a great first step of engagement. Because, you know, you and I know like what's typically happening for the person who has a, having a hard time doing it is they never learned how to do that anywhere. Yeah. And so when actually when they've been in the last 500 times, they've been in a difficult conversation with a parent, with a sibling, with a spouse, with whatever, it hasn't gone too well. There hasn't been, happy, no. there hasn't been happy endings. There's no so. track record of it no, going well. No. So why would it be different this time? Right. So but what I'm going to do as a Christ follower, because I get to. Yeah is I'm going to go to your rules of engagement. But the way I'm going to go to those rules of engagement, Bill, is pray it up ahead of time. Yeah. You know, I'm going to be proactive in my rule of engagement. I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to be intentional about knowing, like, hey, you know, this person might be bringing some stuff towards me, but I, I you know, they must have a story to tell. They must be dealing with stuff. They must, you know, something must be going on in their story. And so, you know, I see them. <laughs> I mm-hmm. see their story. So that's going to give me the best chance to do what you did there, listen without defending, validate what they're saying, take a breath, and then just be in that posture of listening. And you did the listening engagement there perfectly. And there's the empathy in Christ that we're talking about. The only way to do that is if I have empathy for what you've gone through in your story and I have understanding. That's why, you know, God sees through us and our stories every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you and I know that and we know how he sees us. So are you and I seeing that in the people that are difficult in our story. And and this isn't this isn't like a you know a should or an oughta. It's it's just a get to. <laughs> it's freeing to see that, you know, everybody's as broken as we are and different people show it in different ways. So my first rule of engagement, when I go to the rules of engagement is so you talked about kind of the second rule. What do you and I do when we're on the receiving end of that? Mm-hmm. Right. So part of the invitation I've had for people today is, was it like for you as a pleaser, as an internalizer, as an avoider, to take the big step that you talked about, Bill, in Ephesians 4.32 and bring that mindset to them? So I'm going to ask, I'm going to do my part to speak without offending as best as I can by saying, here's my take on what's happened and how I was served by what happened, but how do you see that or mm-hmm. what are your thoughts about it? So. My mind of the first rule of engagement for the leader, the the speaker, for you and I that are leading out towards trying to forgive, is is to create an interaction, not an interrogation. Mm-hmm. I like that. Todd Mulliken is my guest. You can go to Todd Mulliken, M-U-L-L-I-K-E-N dot com to learn more about Todd and his counseling practice. We'll take a break. When we come back, Todd, uh, what's next? Now we'll be talking you have, you have about... Ten, you have 10 seconds. <laughs> We'll be talking about some some hypothetical stories of what can happen and how does forgiveness start to gain traction. Yeah, we're all getting ready for our day of forgiveness, which starts tomorrow on here on Faith Radio. And I thought, Todd, it would be a great start to uh, our day tomorrow by talking about how to go from resentment to forgiveness. And if you have a question or comment, you can certainly text it over to 877-933-2484. Again, 877-933-2484. Jump in your car, what's for dinner, it's the afternoon. 
So welcome to the show. If you just step in the car, we're talking about going from resentment to forgiveness with Todd Mulliken. He is a counselor and an author and professor. You can find him at toddmulliken.com, M-U-L-L-I-K-E-N. Now, so if the afternoon with Bill's show was going to have a premium content level, you would have access to what we talk about during the break. Because <laughs> that was some good stuff, Todd. And now you got to reboot that because that's good stuff. Okay. So... I'm happy to share. So I think uh, sometimes what I'm looking for when I'm wanting to forgive somebody, I think I'm more apt to say, God, I've got this mindset now and I'm set. I've really gone to the Lord with it. So it's a little bit what you were saying earlier, Bill. Like, let's go. Mm-hmm. we got this. Yeah. And so all I'm kind of what I was offering is like, as I do that the one time and it doesn't work, it doesn't mean God isn't with me in the struggle. You know, it doesn't mean that I've gone about it the wrong way. Uh, it's, I just got lit up by my worship service. I am all set. You know, I'm feeling so encouraged. And so I have a very discouraging interaction with somebody. I'm, I'm wanting to share that I was hurt, uh, that what they did hurt me, and it didn't go well. And so am I letting that discouraging conversation and define who I am the rest of that day? Or instead, am I taking kind of the contentment from the worship that I experience and know God is holding me in that difficult conversation and is still holding me afterwards and really is still for the other person too and whatever their story is. And I just get to have that mindset because the alternative mindset, I think, can make us really vulnerable to like, if it doesn't go really well, then I'm really lost and I'm really, I feel less hope. So I just want to call out to all those folks who are in a long journey of walking alongside a difficult situation, and we've been in a, in a fairly hurt mindset where we're feeling overwhelmed by this difficult person we're living with or a friend that we've been estranged from for a few years, and it's just been really hard. And I guess I just invite us into like knowing that you know God sees the pain, God sees the heart that you have, God knows you and loves you there, and in your dependency on him, we just get to then go into that situation if it's somebody we're living with and continue to acknowledge the tough conversation we had yesterday, but we still will say pass the peas. You know, we still will do life while we're dealing with this tough situation and we'll try to have another conversation about it and we'll, we'll give it another shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think we want to just do the best we can because what happens if we've been hurt in our own life like I think of many stories where if I take the risk of doing that, Bill, and maybe in my own upbringing, I didn't really have a lot of soothing under stress. I can feel kind of alone in that afterwards. Like, wow, I'm just, I feel discouraged. <laughs> and then I just, we just get to remember as Christ followers that, you know, God just sees us in that and holds us into that and really champions us in that, that we're going into the least of these situations with a sense of contentment in who we are versus being defined by what's happened to us. So I'm finding that a lot in therapeutic circles where a lot of what can happen is we're spending most of the time being defined by what's happened to us versus spending more time moving into forgiveness mindsets that free us to do our lives even more freely in Christ, even if we're still in a squishy, hard dynamic somewhere, Mm -hmm. right? And that God walks alongside us 
in that mess. And of course, we don't have to look any farther than Christ's story and just all the difficult conversations he was in and how we walked alongside people and really saw through people well. Todd, does the comparison game factor into things like forgiveness? I mean, let's say there's a couple at church that stand up and give their testimony and it includes some pain or hurt or betrayal and all of a sudden they came to a place of forgiveness and now they just want to give God the glory and then... There's all kinds of people sitting in church going, oh, that's not my story. Right. I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm walking away a little bit discouraged today. Correct. And that's why what I'm going to do when I'm, uh, boy, it's so well said, when I'm going to come towards that other person that I'm struggling with going, hey, you know, I, this, you know I, I'm messy too, and this is not like me lording over you, something you've done to me, and I'm amazing, and you really struggle. You know, it's like, hey, you know, I'm in the mess with you and this is what's happened to me. So, yeah, I think, well, in fact, I know I remember my own story, Bill, when I was leading a a group, a Bible study group soon after my conversion in high school, I led really from a way of like, hey, here are the answers. And if you just do this, you're all set. And what an idiot, you know, and like, and then I even had a person come to me, one of my buddies came to me later and said, you know, Molly, that was a great group. I love being with the guys, but I don't think I can be like you. I said, well, what do you mean? He said, well, you don't have any issues. Just, oh, oh, that's on me, you know, for leading poorly. Yeah. Right. That's, that's on me for not leading from a place of like, Hey, I'm as, I'm, I'm as messy as all of us here. And that's why I know that's why I go to church. I know I need a savior because of my brokenness. So I think when the posture in front of a congregation or the posture of comparison, wherever, I think it can lead us, well, God, my story's not like that. What am I doing wrong? (laughs) What haven't I given over yet? You know, and so versus, no, in the giving over to hard things, it's much more common, for example, for somebody who's a Christ follower who is really in love with the Lord and feels redeemed in that to have a difficult issue with with somebody from their past or their current that just isn't in that space. (laughs) And I just want to make sure as followers of the Lord, when we go into those spaces, we don't get too discouraged by how it goes. We're going to be hurt. We're going to be frustrated. Please hear that. But also afterwards go, yeah, I understand. I understand the pain of the world. I understand, you know, this is not God's kingdom. I get it. I get Mm -hmm. the brokenness. In fact, I actually see why they struggle. I see actually, you know, in fact, I even know, oh, wow, I even know their situation, right? Like, yeah, this is how they were shut down growing up. And so now they're just kind of needing to do this this way, which doesn't mean it's a, I give them a pass, but that's where empathy comes in. I understand their story. I'm walking alongside them in their story. I have empathy for what they went through. And that's why I'm going to continue to share what I what I need and what I was hurt by in that situation. And even if it doesn't go well, it doesn't mean I did the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Todd, when couples um, need to discuss hurt and pain and disappointment, is it is it helpful that they they start with what they know to be true with each mm-hmm. other? Mm. I mean, almost like a, you should almost sing it like a show tune thing. <laughs> I haven't <laughs> like tried that. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, yeah. Uh, but yeah. you know, here's what we know to be true before we even start. Yeah. Is that we're for each other, we love each other, God is behind uh, our lives, and we're committed to him first, and... That is what we are defined by. Yeah, so this is what we know to be true. Now let's start talking about our hurt and our disappointment. Yep, and so, and then when we start talking about our hurt and disappointment, 
and I start to feel like the other person is. So what I ask couples to do right there is never, you know, one of the main things I say is please do not tell the other person what they're feeling. So I, I know what you're feeling. No, no, you don't. Right? No, you don't know what I'm feeling. Exactly. Well, and, you know, Bob or Sally, this is, you know, they, this is why they're doing what they're doing. So I'm amazing at being in my wife's head and knowing and how to diagnose her. Well, stop. You know, <laughs> look in your own mirror. Right. Right. And there's plenty of material there. <laughs> and which, and that's never, you know, I, I think one time Laura said, well, thanks for knowing my story. You know, thanks for telling me who I am, you know, when I'm really frustrated. Right. right. Or vice versa. So do you and I have a posture of not assuming the other person's intention. So after we do the good stuff like you're talking about early, mm-hmm. now we got to be really careful not to just segue into this hurt mindset where all the pain rushes back because what's happening psychologically in that moment and spiritually in that moment, the last 400 times we've tried to do that, it hasn't gone too well. Yeah. So maybe the 401st time, I'm like, well, in Todd's office, you know, went a little bit better. I mean, we just tried to hang in there, then I'll say to that couple, be defined by that one, not to pass 400. Yeah. And then when you have two good ones and then three ones that remind you to pass 400, be defined by the two. Right. Now, Paul doesn't say like, you know, think about the worst things that have happened and make sure you put your mind there. I mean, you know, think about what, whatever is true, noble of excellence of praise, think on those things, put them into practice. So that's just a huge shift when couples can do that, when they can have a sense of, as best as we, you and I know how, have mutual empathy for, yeah, I wonder what that was like for you when I said that to you. But the hurt mindset is, I don't really care what it was like for you mm-hmm. because I got to make sure I tell you what you did to me. And I've never told, you know, you what you've really done to me. Now it's my turn to do that for the next 20 years. Yeah. Well, take a break, tell them for sure, but do what you're saying, Bill, is lead out with still what we're for while we're dealing with difficult things. And, of course, the sneaky secret here, right, the secret is, like, when you and I really forgive somebody. You know, remember Philip Yancey's book a long time ago, um, uh, What's So Amazing About Grace? Yeah, great book. Oh, my. Great book. The stories were unbelievable, right? They were great, yeah. And one of the things he said in there was, is the only thing harder than forgiveness is the alternative. Way harder. Right? Yeah. And so that's, that's the secret is do we trust God enough that he's holding us when versus being defined by what has happened to us? So when we start being less defined by what has happened to us and more defined by what has God done for us, then that just gives us the strength to have good boundaries and to acknowledge the difficulty of this current situation. This person has done a variety of things that have hurt me, and so I want to make sure I share with him or her that. See how that goes. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do my rules of engagement. I'm going to speak without offending. I'm going to try to listen without defending. We might still not see it eye to eye. I'm going to own my own part if I kind of dysregulate or if I just turtle up and build resentment. And I just, I just get to do my part in the Lord well. I just get to do that well, right? And I get to know that God is is holding me in that. So I think that's a freeing thing to do when we see other people for who they are versus being defined by what they've done to us. Mm, I like that. And it really, it's it's legion in these days. It's legion that people are really gaining more and more power by what's happened to them versus more and more power by who they are mm-hmm. in Christ and what they're doing to release other people and to move forward in their stories. 
Because the more, that's the dangerous part, right, of lack of forgiveness that I can have, that anybody can have, is like it starts to build banks of resentment that just really weigh us down. And, you know, that's that's what really mm-hmm. saddens me is when that happens. Todd, it seems like the degree to which you don't forgive, it's almost disproportionate to the degree to which you suffer. Mm. You know, it, fair. if you uh, have a portion of your heart that isn't forgiving somebody, the part of your heart that will be infected by that unforgiveness is disproportionate to the amount that you need forgiveness. I don't know if that makes any sense. Sure Rosie, does. you want to sort through that sort through that sentence and have it back for me by Thursday? <laughs> <laughs> I, it landed well for me. What it, do you think? It did it work for you, Todd? Yes, yes it, did. it totally did. Okay. Because if you don't forgive somebody, whatever the offense was, yeah. the poison on your own heart is going to be twice, three times, four times yeah, that as go. it infects your she life. Gets me. She gets me. She Todd. does. Yeah. She understands I was actually you. like, wow, Bill, that was deep. Wow, right? I didn't know that. I'll bring you on more often. <laughs> 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 All right, Todd, I'm done talking to you. So, Rosie... <laughs> Oh, so good. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I think we'll take a break. We'll come back. Yeah, I think it is time. No, don't go anywhere, Todd. I still need you. Don't take your headphones off. you got to stay another 15 minutes. Todd Mulliken's my guest. You can go to toddmulliken.com. Learn more about Todd and his business. Practice. We'll be right back. I hope it's been going well. I hope you uh, had a productive day at work, or if you didn't work, maybe you're uh, enjoying your summer day. I've got Todd Mulliken in studio. We're talking about moving from resentment to forgiveness as we are getting ready for our forgiveness day tomorrow, which will run all day here at Faith Radio. We're looking forward to that. We've never done this before, so we're excited to see what's gonna, uh, how it's going to work and how God's going to work in the life of the programs tomorrow. So, so. Todd, I think during the break, once again, premium content, <laughs> Rosie chimed in with a great question and what happens when, I hope I'm going to ask this question right, uh, Rosie, so chime in if you need to, but what happens when you're just not getting any kind of satisfactory response? People are not admitting to their side of the street. It's still dirty and you've made your part and you've done your effort and you're living with this now. Yeah. Ah, oh, it's got to be tough. It is. Right. And... I think each case is different, but in general, I would still go back to, well, first of all, what I would do is try to sit in that feeling of what am I experiencing right now? You know, the Holy Spirit is indwelled in you and, and, and kind of listening to you and walking alongside you. Am I, you know, feeling angry? Am I feeling disappointed? Am I feeling inadequate? Am I feeling bitter? So now that I know that, if I kind of get my arms around that in the Lord, what do I want to do with that? Do I want to hold that against that person for what they just did? <laughs> or do I want to realize p- kind of part and parcel for their story, for their kind of who they are and what's happened in their life that I know about? And it's likely that, you know, 
it's likely that they may never be able to say I'm sorry in the way that I actually really, really need them to say it. And so now what I'm doing is I'm kind of giving that a lot of weight. <laughs> All of a sudden I moved into, and this is why I talk about the hurt mindset. Hurt mindset has so much self-protection. We need a level of self-protection, but we also need to know, like, you know, we got the armor of God and Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, let's go. I mean, we're okay. Yeah. We're okay. Yeah. And so let's make sure we're not on our heels. Like, well, you know, look what he did to me again, Todd. Look what he did to me again, Todd. Whoa, whoa. You know, yeah, and look who you are. <laughs> look who you are and what God has done for you. And look at the fact that, you know, they, they probably have done that once or twice in their life ever and and maybe never, they never heard it. They, they don't understand it. And so by me releasing them, it doesn't mean I'm enabling them. Okay. Because that's what people talk a lot about. Well, I'm enabling bad behavior then. Well, you're enabling bad behavior if you, if you say, thank you very much for doing that. I look forward to having you do it again. Okay. We're not enabling bad behavior when we confront it and share the hurt and share what we're frustrated by. So, what I would say is when we don't get what we need there, I'll say, to, I'll say this, and I say it to every couple I work with. I said, you know, because what happens is there's a stressful moment where both people are dealing with a hurt situation. You know, so I'm leading out towards my wife with something she hurt me by or she's towards me. And right in that very moment, I'll just offer that neither one of us in our humanity has the capacity to be there for each other enough in that moment because our, our reactions and stress our our humanity, why, why we gave our life over the Lord, you know, it's just, it's hard to remember that in that moment because our stress is overriding our wise mind. And so then what, and so I think what happens to a lot of couples and a lot of families, you know, the other person didn't give me exactly what I needed there. You know, they just didn't do it. And so, uh, no, Think what I wanted, and I'm, you know, I, and if I if I did that, or thirty four years of marriage, if Laura did that, if you know people you know did that, I, you know, instead it's more about like, hey, you know, is there a fifty yard line we can go to where, yeah, that was hard, and you know, my part is this, I think, and but boy, the other person didn't say it the way I really needed it to, and if they don't, we're creating a boundary, but we're also not defined by what they didn't do. Mm, that's you good. know, we just have understanding about it. Yeah. You know, under, I always say forgiveness for me anyway is much more about understanding. When I have understanding about the other person's story, I'm much less vulnerable to be defined by everything that's happened to me. You know, I'm much more understanding about what happened to me so I can set boundaries that are clear because of my own contentment in Christ, you know, and what Jesus has done for me. So that gives you and I the power to go into broken situations where we feel lonely, we feel scared. But it's most likely the time, Bill, when people are in their hurt mindset, they won't be able to be there enough for each other. And so what I'd rather do is kind of what you were saying. I'd rather then, after they've done that, we want to go back. You'll always hear, I always hear to my couples like, yeah, you know, but the last five, here's the five best things that happened in that day. And they were pretty good. You guys have really gained some traction. Yeah, this area is really hard still, isn't it? We haven't. You know, we're still, you know, we're still not where we need to be on that one. But just personally, unless it's like, you know, an unforgivable sin or it's a, it's a, it's a deal breaker kind of behavior, I'll still ask that individual, that couple to be defined by the five, not the one. Mm-hmm. Learn from the one, be defined by the five. And I think what happens is people, the one thing that didn't go well, they didn't get what they wanted, that is kind of becomes that caricature. And then we're just defined by that and are hurt 
And then what we don't realize is when we still give when we give that so much power, we lose our own traction. We just kind of lose like, oh, well, I, whoop, I'm giving that. Whoa, I'm giving that power way over there. My general view is like when I do that, I think, you know, the inner critic, Satan's laughing all the way to the bank. Mm-hmm. I know for me anyway. And uh, and I don't think every time we do that, Satan's winning, we're losing. But it's like, oh, no, I, I understand the person's story. And I've set a boundary, but I, I get their story. There's usually a story. Mm-hmm. And am I spending more time trying to understand who they are or am I spending more time being defined by what they did. Todd Mulliken is my guest. Todd, is there a grace process? Let me try to explain that statement, a grace process. If, uh, I've been hurt. You hurt me. You come and apologize. And I didn't get what I needed from you. So I say, well, that wasn't a very good apology. So now all of a sudden, I didn't get anything from you because I've already pushed it back in your face. Mm-hmm. So now we're at ground zero or negative below where we started. Is there is there a, a a process of grace where I go? Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for that. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah. Or do I be, do mm. I immediately confront you? And go. Well, that's not what I was looking for. That didn't feel good. Yeah. And I think what happens is, especially if we're more passive, we kind of we make it a big deal. Like I got to win every fight now. Mm-hmm. Nothing, nothing's going to get nothing's going to get by me. I'm not missing anything. Anytime, <laughs> bang, I'm ready. You know, yeah. I've been building my resentment bank for 150 years. Look out. So instead, when we have a powerful feeling in Jesus, I'm going to, when a person kind of did what I knew they could kind of do, I said, hey, you know, thanks for that. Doesn't mean I'm going to continue to endure bad behavior. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean I'm going to pour them another drink if they're an alcoholic. Like, hey, have another drink. Mm-hmm. Or, hey, I'm really glad that you just, you know, screamed at me tomorrow morning. You know, I'm really happy. But no, I'm hurt by that. It's right. not okay. Right, but you're right. That grace upon grace, I think we lose that because I think we view it as kind of passive and not standing up enough for ourselves. I think we just need to be released from that and know that we're enough in Christ to handle difficult situations and be strong in that. And that's where forgiveness begins. You know, forgiveness really begins by releasing people because we understand their story. We really understand their story. Mm -hmm. And so am I spending more time understanding somebody's story? Am I spending more time being defined by what they did to me in their very worst moments? And that, that gives us a lot of grace. Mm-hmm. It's more of a chance to have good dialogue with people that even are tough to have dialogues with. Yeah. So if I open up the old brown paper bag and put something in it to let people take home in their brown paper bag tonight as they're getting maybe out of their car and going into their home and you walk in with a brown paper bag, maybe what's in there tonight is empathy in Christ. Because if you can show up with your loved ones and you have empathy in Christ, it may uh, produce a different lens you can look through. Because likely what's happened with the other person in their story, they never received much empathy. Mm -hmm. More often than not, which doesn't mean it's my responsibility to give them, you know, to fill the hole that's in their heart that they've had for 43 years before I met them or whatever. But it is my call to to walk alongside them as Christ walks alongside me. So empathy is a game changer because Jesus promotes that. Jesus promotes walking alongside people and knowing their stories. Because the the the, the desire is that you are for each other mm-hmm. and that you're not against each other, right? Correct. We say that all the time, and I think that's powerful. Like we're 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 for each other. We're not we're not against each other. So if that's one of the ground rules, and we're gonna listen, we're gonna affirm, we're gonna hear, and do our very best to 
just respond in the most loving way. And James said it perfectly, right? James one nineteen. we're going to be quick to listen, mm-hmm. slow to wrath, slow yeah. to speak. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And we get to do that. Yeah. Todd Mullican has been my guest. You can go to toddmullican.com if you want to learn more about Todd and his uh, awesome counseling service. It's at toddmullican, M-U-L-L-I-K-E-N.com. All right, we are on the cusp of our, our Forgiveness Day, which is tomorrow, and I can pretty much promise that there's going to be some incredibly powerful stories tomorrow. Why do I know this? Because uh, I've got a little preview of what's going to happen, and I know and you don't. So <laughs> is that fair, Rosie? Can I even say that? It's so fair. Yeah, yeah. The, these stories that you're going to hear tomorrow on Afternoons, they will not only rock you, but they will also... S- show you the sufficiency of God's grace, because I don't think either of these stories get to the point of forgiveness without God. Yeah, there's no way to prepare you for one of these stories tomorrow. It's amazing. That is the time we have for today, and I love that you spent time with me. And if maybe if you're listening on the podcast and you're at the gym and you put on your earbuds and now you're listening to the show, I hope you have a great workout. And if you listen as you go to bed at night, I hope I help you go to sleep (laughs) with that soothing voice. Anyway, thanks so much. I look forward to our spending our time tomorrow. Have a great night, everyone. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.